Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to follow the link in the description after today's episode for more information about today's article and to claim CME credit. This podcast is brought to you by PrimeMed. Today you're seeing Roger, a 73-year-old male with mild CHF, renal insufficiency, and COPD. He's coming in for his annual Medicare wellness visit. He feels well and reports that he's been taking his medications on a regular basis and his blood pressure, cholesterol, and A1C levels are all in good control. He's had some problems with name recall and word finding, but overall he seems intact cognitively. You note that he has not completed an advanced directive, and he states that he heard that despite what you see on TV, no one benefits from CPR. Should I just say DNR when you're working over the form with him? You ponder how best to advise him. Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Dr. Robert Baldor, Professor and Founding Chair from the Department of Family Medicine at the UMass Chan Medical School, Bay State, located in Springfield, Massachusetts. Bob, DNR and planning for the future is something I've been doing since residency. I'm so glad you brought this paper today uh, because Roger's asking for help, and we have to be very careful how we advise him. Want to give us an update? Yeah, thanks, Frank. Good to be here and talking about this. This actually uh, was an article that was published in the intensive care literature here. So typically don't look at that literature, but I thought this was interesting. As you know, the ICUs and the hospitals have been overwhelmed with COVID patients the last two years. And locally here, I know the majority of those patients had not completed advanced directives to help with caregiver decision-making. And in the hospital, full code is the default status. I think the study challenges that thinking a little. So as we discuss advanced directives with our patients, it's helpful to appreciate the evidence behind survivability. And, and a helpful perspective, especially because, as you say, um, ICU literature is not something we typically cover here on the Frankly Speaking podcast. What did this study find? Well, the premise was that if CPR had a survival benefit, then full code patients should have a survival advantage over those with a DNR code status on matched levels of illness severity. So this study looked at survival differences between DNR and full code patients in the ICU after stratifying by predictive mortality. They use something called the Apache 4 score. Uh, this is pretty commonly done as people are admitted into the ICUs in order to determine a likelihood of survival. And there's a bunch of variables that go into that, such as their baseline vital signs, kidney function, their white cell count, their age, comorbid conditions, and so on. So what they did is they captured data from ICU admissions uh, over a four-year period from October 2017 to October 2021. This was from uh, five different hospitals. They actually found uh, almost 30,000 unique encounters. And uh, of that, they ended up as they looked at this, looking for sufficient data to calculate the Apache scores, they had 17,710 encounters. So they performed a propensity score match survival analysis between those patients who came in noted to be full code versus those who came in being DNR as a code status. And they looked at this based on their Apache scores. The Apache scores, by the way, are, were divided into quartiles. So you had a less than 25% 
uh, risk for mortality versus a more than 75% predicted mortality based on your those characteristics as you hit the ICU. They actually found that DNA status was associated with a greater hazard for mortality in the first through third predicted mortality quartiles. So I suppose that's not unusual. But there was no difference in the fourth quartile. And uh, between th that's those that had a greater than 75% predicted mortality by the Apache scores as they hit the ICU. Okay, so if your Apache score gives you a greater than 75% predicted mortality at admission, the chances of you surviving a code are no different than if you're DNR. That's, that's pretty sobering. How does this compare to other studies looking at code status and outcomes? Yeah, no, that's uh, pretty clear. That's exactly what they uh, what they looked like. And these outcomes are actually in line with other observational studies of uh, CPR recipients that have found a zero or no, uh, near zero percentage survival among those with similar high Apache scores. Um, and it's interesting that some have actually concluded that uh, being assigned a DNR status on admission was an independent risk factor for mortality possibly being due to less intensive treatment being given to DNR patients based on that status alone. But this was a comparative study, and despite likely receiving more intense treatment overall, the full-code patients still had no difference when compared to those with DNR code status in that fourth uh, quartile. When you look at the overall post-survival CPR data, similar patterns, whether it's uh, in the IC or not, older patients with comorbid conditions have a poor likelihood of benefit. There was a meta-analysis published here in aging uh, in 2014, actually, that showed 96,000 patients. And again, they showed a stepwise increase in the odds of death before discharges age increases. 28% of those uh, 70 to 79 survived 30 days post-resuscitation. Only 14% of those greater than 90 uh, actually survived. And they also documented significant disability related to that too. And so other, most other studies that have been out there have shown that after in-hospital CPR in people greater than the age of 70, the range of survivability is typically less than 20%. And the lower survival rates are all, were all associated with comorbid conditions, as you can imagine, heart failure, respiratory insufficiency, and renal dysfunction. Yeah, I think we all intuitively know this in the outpatient world, but it's hard to figure out how to apply it when we're chatting with patients. What can we do with this data to help talk to Roger? Yeah, well, I mean, sort of Roger fits into this group, right? He's over 70. He's got some comorbid uh, uh, CHF, respiratory disease, and renal insufficiency. And so I do think that this discussion really helps us when we have a, a patient with a family member ill in the ICU. And, and while we don't calculate Apache scores uh, in the office, it does uh, point out the need to have advanced directive discussions with individuals and for folks at high risk, that is those over 70 with these comorbid conditions, to point out to them that there's probably no benefit and likely harm from CPR and that it would make sense to check that box, the DNR box on their form. You know, I, I agree. I have a, a 90-year-old patient who has end-stage kidney disease on dialysis, is a CHF with a, an ejection fraction less than, than 25%. He's got a number of other comorbidities. And uh, when we talk about this, he keeps saying, no, 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 it's not up to me to decide. I want to do everything. And unfortunately, he arrested and had to suffer through 
an arrest before, you know, resuscitation attempt before he passed. And I, I, I do wish I was able to better counsel him. And, and I'm glad he chose his own path. But this data just reaffirms what we probably all know in practice, that patients with multiple comorbidities have a small chance of surviving and even smaller chance of living without disability if they have a, an arrest of some sort. And we, we should be thinking about this all the time when we're talking to folks to try to maybe dissuade them from believing the success on television. Bob, thank you for bringing this paper to our attention. Thanks, Frank. Practice pointer. Advanced directives are an important tool in ensuring that end-of-life care decisions respect the wishes of our patients. Cold status is often a confusing component of such directives. Recent evidence recognizes the fertility of pursuing CPR in patients, older patients, certainly over the age of 70, with significant comorbidities such as CHF, respiratory compromise, or renal insufficiency. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim CME credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, follow the link in the description. To stay up to date on the most recent clinical research and news, please subscribe to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine and be sure to check out PrimeMed.com for additional CME content.